And that's one of the serendipities of the unpopular mission. You know, the unpopular mission, when you commit yourself to it with your heart, not just with your head, but with your heart, and you take steps in faith and not by sight, you know, it could look like the craziest thing to you. It could look like nothing is ever going to work out. But when, but like I said, when you walk in faith and not by sight, the cool thing that happens is that God always sends help. I hope you guys are having a beautiful Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon and Thursday evening for some of you in other parts of the country like UK, um, China, India, maybe even Australia, New Zealand. I know New Zealand time is the next day, but um, God bless you all. Thank you for having me and thank you for tuning in. For those of you who do tune in, on the Facebook live for those of you who tune in on the podcast platforms and offer much love and support. I appreciate it. Um, today I'm going to talk about the unpopular mission. Um, I would, so I was in, um, Bible study yesterday and my pastor tells me, he says, we're going to hit the streets. We're going to go out there and we're going to evangelize to people. And I know the first thought that went into the whole congregation's heads was, how are we going to do it? You know, because we got, we got so much going on. You know, we got so much, uh, uh, you know, we, like, like, uh, my hands are so full right now. And I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a low point in my season. I'm not 100%. And I, I feel like I don't even have the skills. I feel like I should be further along than what I really am. So how am I going to do it? And um, I said something profound, very profound. But before I get into it, uh, I do want to say a, prick uh, a quick prayer. <laughs> Sorry. But um, let's bow our heads and pray for those of you tuning in. Father God, in your mighty and holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I plead the blood of Jesus over this vessel. I plead the blood of Jesus over all those who are within the sound of my voice. Give me the words I need to impart onto your people, Father God. Give me the daily manna so I can give them the daily manna. Allow us to receive your daily bread. Allow us to receive the knowledge that we need to face the various challenges and the highs and lows of the day, Father God. We pray that you forgive us of our sins as we forgive others, and we pray others may forgive us. May your spirit be ever so present in this episode. May your spirit be ever so present in this podcast. May your spirit be ever so present in this Facebook Live. And let your will be done today, tomorrow, and all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So going into it, I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse 10 onwards. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with the story of Exodus, basically it's the story of Moses freeing the Hebrews from Egypt. And this is the part in the story where Moses meets God in the burning bush. 
And God is telling him the mission when he's in Midian to go back and free the Hebrews. And this is the part in the story where Moses, he has all kinds of objections and he has a few, uh, you know, a little, a few little discrepancies to say, to say the least. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read from Exodus chapter four, verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, O Lord, please send by the hand of whoever else you may send. Send somebody else. I'm, I'm not fit for this. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is Aaron not your Levite? Is Aaron the Levite, your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth in his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. So when my pastor was saying, we're going to hit the streets, let me put my watch on do not disturb. I don't, want, I don't like it when people call. He said, we're going to hit the streets. And he's telling us, you know, the how to's and what to do and what not to do. And the more he does it, the more I can feel the nervous energy in the room. But he said, listen, it's time for us to get out of our comfort zones. It's time for us to stop always looking for the word, but be doers of the word. And so. That's going to tie into what I'm saying regarding the unpopular mission. And one of the things I said uh, uh, to the group, because he asked if any one of us had any questions, comments, or concerns, one of the things that I said was, I said, a lot of it is not really going to depend on how cool you do what you do, but what kind of heart that you have. And then I said to him, you know, the reality is, you know, those of you know that, um, you know, I'm an independent contractor and I meet people on a regular basis. And a lot of times I have anywhere between five to 15, 20, or if it's a long conversation, maybe even 45 minutes. But it's an intimate conversation where there's nobody around. And I have as much time as I need to, to engage with them and to get their stories, to get what it is that they need. And I let them ask me all the questions because I don't want to go on and talk, 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 and then I don't hit any pain points. But most importantly, I allow the Holy Spirit to take as much control of the, over the conversation as much as possible. 
And the reason for that is because me personally, I don't know if I'm smooth enough to relate to a million different people. I, when I meet people who come from the streets, they all have different needs. They all have different likes and dislikes. Some of them, most of them, the majority of them are broken. The majority of them are in some serious pain and suffering. And if I do something that they don't like, it might serve as a trigger for them. And it might serve to create a negative boundary that I'm trying to do my best to avoid. So with that being said, I always ask the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth to go first and lead me as to how I should lead these people. Because the reality is we're going to be meeting a bunch of people in the streets that don't have an hour, two hours to chat. Some of them are late for work. Some of them are on their way to go pick up their kids. Some of them have doctor's appointments. And I'm, I'm not just talking about my church. I'm talking about the people we pass by in the highways and byways of life. That we want to share the word of God, but people don't necessarily have the time to stop and listen. And not only does God call us to share in spite of our weaknesses. Why I'm saying it really has a lot to do with how faithful you are is because the Holy Spirit gives you that Acts 1-8 power. The power that says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you will preach unto the nations and, all, and to all the ends of the earth. I think that's what it says. I don't remember what it says verbatim, but something to that effect. And the power that the Holy Spirit gives you is the power that it manifests at the right time. And the only thing you need to do is be in tune. The only thing we are called to do is to listen well. The only thing that we that God requires of us is to be ready at a moment's notice. So our only task is, is not to go and stand in front of a bunch of people and talk. Our real task begins at reforming and refining the heart. It's a heart issue because the reality is one of the things my pastor said last night was the world pays attention to things quicker than the church does. So if you're if the world can sense who is fake and who is real and who's different and who's just like them. And if you come across as someone and your intentions are not pure one way or another, it's going to be exposed. The book of Luke says whatever's in the dark is going to come out and make manifest in the light. And so when you're pursuing the unpopular mission, when you're pursuing the mission of, of making sure people receive the gospel, 
you need to understand first and foremost that your priority is to be so different in such a way that people have no choice but to receive you. People listen to you and they go, wow, he's right. He's right because, you know, I'm not a smooth talker. I can't galvanize tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. You know, I can't be this, you know, superman, superwoman. You know, I got so much I got I got I got to take care of. But you could be faithful though. You can be faithful. And the reality is God was trying to tell Moses, you know something? Don't even worry about that. Don't worry about it at all. Because I'm going to teach you everything you need to say. And really, all Moses really needed to say was four words. He only needed to say, let my people go. But that wasn't the hard part. That was his objection. But the Holy Spirit is showing me something different with Moses. The hardest thing for Moses to do was to go back to the people that he once considered family and preach a message that not only was unpopular, but you knew they just weren't going to agree with it. So Moses is going to go back to the Pharaoh and say, you need to let these people go. Let my people go. Let my Hebrews go. No. I'm not going to let them go. The next time you come back, I'll kill you. That was going through Moses's mind. And all of these people knew who Moses was because Moses was considered royalty. And even when he was found, the Pharaoh's daughter who found him knew he was Hebrew. So what he did, because Pharaoh decreed at the time, that every single Hebrew boy be drowned in the Nile. Why? Because he was looking for the one who would stand threat to his plan. And that's why the Pharaoh's daughter, and the Pharaoh's daughter knew this. The Pharaoh's daughter knew this, and she went to go hide him. She kept him hidden. She gave him to the Hebrew maids and say, here, raise him until you know, all of this blows over. And then when he grows up, hand him over to me. And that's how Moses uh, uh, got into, um, got into royalty. And then he killed the Hebrew man. I'm uh, not the Hebrew man. He killed the Egyptian because something in his spirit stirred up inside him. And then when Pharaoh heard what he did, Pharaoh said, listen, he, he went and killed one of my servants. I'm going to kill him. And Pharaoh knew. And so Moses ran and hid in the desert because he was lost. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm just, I'm just, 
you know, I, I got I got no moves, but I don't know what this is all about. I mean, I, I kind of want you to I want to take you guys just through the thought process of what was going through Moses's head at the time when you're thrusted into a situation that just completely blindsided you, that you 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 didn't even know what to expect. And you're just like, how did this come about? Like, what did I like? What did I do? Like. Like, what is this? What is this? And check this out. At the time, Moses didn't know God. This is before um, the verse I read. This was his first encounter with God. But before he had that encounter, he wasn't thinking, oh, God, please. He didn't even know God. God introduced himself to Moses and said, I am who I am. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he didn't even know. Imagine the kind of confusion that was going through his head. And now he goes from a man confused and a man hidden in the desert to great. Now I got to go back and face the thing that was trying to kill me to do a purpose that God set me for, what am I going to face? Are they going to kill me? Are they going to like, like what, what like what, what's going to, what's going to happen? But Moses had the faith and that's the one common denominator. And not only did he had um, Aaron, and Aaron was his wig man and his older brother, honestly, but he had the faith. Now, why am I telling you guys all of this? Because as uncool as Moses thought he was, all of us have been there in our lives at one point or another. All of us. Try not to sneeze. All of us have been there at one point or another in our lives where, and it's typically when God calls us to do something, it's typically at the lowest points of our lives. I don't know if you've noticed, but when things are going well, God doesn't typically, he doesn't typically talk. He just kind of sees what your choices are going to be. And he just kind of sees like, oh, let's, let me see what this person's going to do. Let me see what that person's going to do. He just, he just watches you. Or sometimes when you think you're in your high season, you know, the money's rolling in, the dough is rolling in and, and, you know, your bills are paid. You got a new car and, you know, life is good for you. He'll pop up out of nowhere and tell you, quit your job and move to Saudi Arabia and preach the gospel. What? Why am I going to quit my job now? I'm doing I'm doing so good, God. Quit your job, move to Saudi Arabia and preach the gospel. Now, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, that's 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 kind of crazy. And then you Google Saudi Arabia and. It's like some of the worst stuff is happening. I'm just using Saudi Arabia as an example. I don't have anything against Saudi Arabians or anything like that, but you Google it and it's like 
there's a civil war, there's this going on, there's that going on. To make some of you, to make some of you feel better, because I don't want you to get offended. It, it don't have to be Saudi Arabia. It could be it could be a war torn country like like uh, I don't know, I don't know. Some country that's been fighting war for years and years and years and years and years on end. And God will say, quit your job and just move there. And you'll be like, I don't know. I don't know about that. But then eventually what ends up happening is that you do it. You either do it or you're kind of forced into doing it. Now I'm going to stay at my job. But the more you stay at your job, now all of a sudden... You find out your job is downsizing. You find out you got to take a cut in pay. You find out that the rent is increasing or whatever the situation is. Your car, the car that you once loved is going through issues. Why? Because you didn't do God's will. And it's so funny how God will use the situations in your life to kind of corner you. And look, every every single person, every single chosen man and woman of God who ran from the calling and they've hid like David hid in the cave. Uh, who else hid? You know, Elijah, he hid himself. Um, would I even include Gideon in that in that category? I mean. I guess you could kind of say he was hidden. Moses definitely ran. He ran from it or just ran. You know, he ran. But typically, you know, what God will do is he'll have a conversation with you and he'll say, go back out there and go preach the word. Go back out there and go give the people the bread. Go back out there and go do the thing that nobody else wants to do. The new covenant is going to flow through you. The spirit is going to flow through you. Thousands of people are going to be saved because of what you did. And, you know, after a while, you set out. You know, when David hid in the cave because he was afraid, he came back out with 400 men strong. And that's one of the serendipities of the unpopular mission. You know, the unpopular mission when you commit yourself to it with your heart, not just with your head, but with your heart, and you take steps in faith and not by sight, you know, it could look like the craziest thing to you. It could look like nothing is ever going to work out. But when, but like I said, when you walk in faith and not by sight, the cool thing that happens is that God always sends help. And that's what happened to me when I started my ministry, because I had this fear from 2013, 20, no. Yeah, like 2013, 2014, when people say you should do ministry, you should be a pastor or something. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. Because I see what pastors go through. You know, they get thrown in the fire. You make one little mistake and everybody, everybody is out to fry you. You know, your 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 whole your whole ministry is ruined. You get exposed. And and I knew the truth. I knew what God was preaching to me. I knew what God told me to do. But, you know, I just, I just, I wasn't really to go through the persecution because at the time I was still trying to be accepted. I was a baby Christian. I was still trying to be accepted. I was still trying to find love because I was a very lonely person at that point in my life. And I didn't want to say anything that was going to force more people 
to 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 leave. But eventually I came to it too. And you know, I took the first step on faith and not by sight and you know, God gave me so much more. He blessed me with the spirit of truth. He's blessed me with friends who felt the same way. He's blessed me with a beautiful a beautiful ministry that I I get to pour and sow and help people grow. And he's blessed me with so many things I would have never even dreamt of doing, especially in the spiritual realm. You know, saving millions of people, you know, being able to intercede for millions of people around the world, understanding the emotions of what people are going through. And then there are the prophetic visions, the prophetic visions I've he's given me concerning the future, you know, to warn the people to stay out of iniquity, to warn the people to stay out of the fire so that they don't be consumed by it. And people find offense. They take offense, which is pretty much what I knew what was going to happen. But the truth is the truth. The truth is the truth. And sometimes, you know. These are the knuckleheads that you deal with in ministry regardless. I mean, you meet somebody who disagrees with you and then you give them scripture. You give them not just one scripture, but you get five, six or seven different types of scriptures that reference what you're saying. And they just pretend like those scriptures aren't there. They pretend like, oh, I don't I don't I don't see it. That ain't what it means. You getting it out. You quoting it out of context. I don't really understand. And then, you know, I used to get mad. But now I'm just like, you know what? If you don't understand it, that's a hard issue. That's a hard issue. That's one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit isn't really speaking to them like that. And if and I just say I just take it from a standpoint as listen, I'm going to explain it once, twice, maybe even three times if you're lucky. And if you don't understand it, I'm just going to tell you to pray, because if the Holy Spirit, if the spirit of truth hasn't giving you the complete breakdown of what I'm saying or what is the actual truth, then neither am I. Because God sees it that your heart is not open enough. God sees it that you have stony pieces in your heart. God sees it that you're not necessarily ready to receive the truth. In fact, you're still in that spirit of religion, a religion that helps you escape and flee accountability, a religion that allows you to control what the outcome is. But sooner or later, children of Yah, that day where you will no longer be able to do that is rapidly approaching. And a lot of people are coming to the realization of that. And that's why they're losing their minds. Another scripture popped in my head. I believe it's Mark. I believe it's Mark chapter 13. Let me let me look it up. I know it's here. Is it is it Mark? Is it Mark chapter 13? But Jesus was talking about the signs of the end times. Jesus was talking about what we will expect for these days. And children of Yah, there are going to be so many things that, um, that are going to make the mission very, very unpopular 
in your mind. There are going to be a lot of things that, quite frankly, you're not, you're not going to like. You're not going to see. And I've been prophesying to a bunch of my friends. I'm like, listen, because the Bible says lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold, there are going to be some people, the closest people in your life, they're going to betray you. And they're going to be people you don't even expect. So it wasn't Mark chapter 13. It was Matthew 24, verse 12, where Jesus says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. That's what it says beforehand. But verse 13 says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Children of y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. I was blindsided in church over the weekend by a situation that it honestly broke my heart. And, um, you know, one of my friends was, uh, was, I did something that, um, that upset one of my friends and, um, it was, it wasn't anything offensive, but she, the way that she handled it, let's just say it wasn't godly. And it blindsided me to the point where I almost got out of spiritual character. I almost got out of spiritual countenance. And the Holy Spirit had to intercede because, you know, things were getting quite turbulent. And the Holy Spirit literally took the words right out of my mouth as if to say, you know, that's enough. That's enough. And I heeded it. And while I was thankful that the Holy Spirit did that for me, I still took it on as a failure because I, did, I failed to recognize, I failed to pay closer attention to the spiritual connotation of it, of it all. And I said to the pastor afterwards, I said, that was quite embarrassing. You know, that I, I take that as a, as a personal failure that I didn't pay close enough attention. And that's one of the requirements of the unpopular mission. You have to be mindful. You have to get yourself in a frame. If you're going to be a true servant, bond servant of Christ, you got to get yourself in the frame that, listen, we are living in the end times. And anything, and when I say anything, I mean anything could happen. You can go out and have a day that says, yeah, I'm going to have a love-filled day. I'm going to bless people with the gospel. But what, happens with, but what happens with that when you're blindsided by a person who wants to start a fight? for no apparent reason. Are you spiritually prepared to deal with that? What's going ha to happen when someone decides to spit in your face and you weren't even quite expecting it? Are you prepared to deal with that? Are you prepared to deal with that? And check this out. What if that one person who spits in your face is not a stranger, but your wingman, your, your wing woman, someone who you've prayed for, 
countless nights, someone whom, who, who, who you stood by their side through thick and thin, what if they betray you? Because Jesus told us that these things will happen. Jesus told us that these things will happen. So the reality is when you go out and you pursue the unpopular mission, this is why you cannot be a people pleaser in the kingdom of God. This is why you cannot be a people pleaser. Galatians 1.10 says, if I desire to be a bond servant, then I wouldn't, uh, if I decide, I'm sorry, if I desire to please men, then I would not be a bond servant of Christ. You cannot be a people pleaser. You have to be committed and dedicated to the truth, whatever happens to you. Because there are some people out there, the reality is, the reason why I'm calling it the unpopular mission is, there are some people out there who do get hurt for the gospel. You're not going to go out there, preach the word, and save a million souls, and then everything is just going to be hunky-dory. You know, you're going to end up on the news, you're going to end up... You're going to end up in the papers and then they're just going to hail you as this this marvelous woman or this marvelous man of light and, and you know, push. It, it's not going to happen like that. Bible says in Matthew 24, uh, verse nine, Jesus said, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. The reality is you're going to be hated. The reality is you're not going to get, you're going to get applause from people who agree, but from the people who need to be saved, it's going to be a very, very, very different story. It's going to be a different story. And me personally, when I started my ministry a year ago, over a year ago, I made a commitment to God and I said, I'm going to be committed to the truth no matter what it takes. But you lead me and how you want me to share the truth. You lead me and how you want me to guide your souls. And sometimes, most of the time, actually, when I preach a truth that's not popular, I get it about 50-50. Um, half the people are upset with me, half the people agree with me. And the ones who are upset with me, they're upset, but they don't necessarily know any better until I show them some and until I show them like, Hey, listen, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says you shouldn't be dressing half naked. The Bible says you shouldn't be dressing half naked for the purpose of drawing men and women onto you. You know, the Lord, in fact, does not see that as the very Christian thing to do. In fact, the Lord sees that as an abomination. It's a form of idolatry. When you bring more men to look onto you and not look onto thus saith the Lord, the Lord is a very jealous God and he will deliver you up to judgment as such. And then I show them the verses and then they feel some type of way. And then the ego comes out 
the demons man the demons manifest and they say they say whatever they want to say honestly oh you're turning people away from the god that's what they say that's that, that's what they always say to me you turning people away from the gospel you deceiving people you you a false prophet you this you that that that's 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 what they always that's what they always say they always say that but you know what it's called the unpopular mission for a reason. You just have to be open, be vigilant. The gospel of Peter says, be vigilant for the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. You got to be vigilant. You got to be vigilant. You got to keep your, uh, 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 you got to be all eyes. You got to be all ears and you got to have your head on a swivel because no matter where you are, an attack from the enemy can come out of nowhere and it will catch you off guard if you are um, off guarded. It will catch you off guard. It will. It will. So the best tool that you have when you pursue a mission that you don't have all the skills for yet, number one, you should be studying. But number two, the best tool you have is your faith. That's going to be the biggest tool that you have. Your faith is going to allow the Holy Spirit to use you as he sees fit. And your faith is going to allow the signs and wonders to be done through you. You're going to do, you're going to, for those of you listening, if you live in the hood, and you're trying to preach the gospel, your faith is going to be the one thing that's going to allow the Holy Spirit to do the signs and wonders that no one's ever even seen before. Yo, I saw this girl. Yo, yo, she, she, she did, she did one prayer and yo, I felt, I felt strange, man. I felt different. Like I can't explain it. You know, I felt, I felt free. I felt, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't really explain it. But, yo, it was something different about her. She had that fire in her face. For guys, it's going to be the same exact thing. The best tool you have is your faith. And it's the one thing that the devil cannot take away from you. The devil can only tempt you into sin. And when he tempts you into sin, your faith gets canceled out and the Holy Spirit flees like a flying dove. That's the situation that the devil wants you to enter into. And you have to be vigilant and guard against all attacks and deny that situation from happening. So you have to keep your head on the swivel when you pursue the unpopular mission. And you have to keep your faith filled to a maximum. You have to make sure you're always filled with the oil. You have to make sure you're always filled with the living water that is Christ Jesus. You have to make sure the armor of God is always on the breastplate, the breastplate of, of righteousness, um, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth. Let me, let me go, let me go in Ephesians and look at it. Cause I want to read, I want to read it to you guys now. Should be in Ephesians chapter six. Yep. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So 
for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritually wicked hosts in heavenly places. So I was actually right. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Yeah. And I want you guys to understand, children of Yah, that it's not just, you know, metaphors. It's an actual armor that you put on that allows you to be able to withstand the true attacks. That day when I got blindsided, I did not have on the armor. And so I was caught off guard. And when you're caught off guard, it's a very dangerous place to be because the enemy knows that when he can create diversionary tactics, he can expose your whole makeup and he can destroy your whole ministry in an instant. And so I want to be the first to encourage you, children of Yah, to put on the armor of God. Put it on. Put on the armor of God. And no matter what, whatever happens, even some of the most heartbreaking stuff you never thought you would endure in a day, make sure your faith is at a maximum. The Spirit is showing me some wicked stuff right now. The Spirit is showing me some of you, your family's going to betray you in the worst way possible. And it's going to get nasty. For some of you, one little small argument is going to turn into the most devastating day you've ever experienced in your entire life. Be mindful of that. Be watchful. Be watchful. The unpopular mission is only unpopular to the world, but to the brethren, it's the best thing we can do because it's the purpose of which we were made for. From the time you were babies and you breathed your first breath and cried your first cry and ate your first whatever, all the way up to now, everything that has happened in your life was to prepare you for this mission. Everything that happened in your life was the culmination of this moment, this moment that God has fearfully and wonderfully made you for. This purpose that will keep you in a place where God can trust you. I love preaching the word of God, man. I do. I love preaching the word of God. I love, I love telling people the truth. I love boldly standing for the truth. Man, and I know 
the days are going to come where it's going to get incredibly hard and I'm going to see some stuff that is is going to is going to be heartbreaking. The stuff that the Lord has shown me through visions, through dreams, it's going to get heartbreaking. It's going to get heartbreaking. But I'm going to keep you uh, excuse me. I'm going to keep each and every one of you in my prayers. I'm going to log off here. I just wanted to come on and tell you guys, don't rely on your fancy skills, your fancy talking skills, hearing skills, listening skills, whatever. Allow the Holy Spirit to use you in unconventional ways to carry out an unpopular mission. I love you all. God bless you all. Go so in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. Have a good